0: Hello there. Welcome once again to Talk and Fight and another episode featuring Christian from the Friday night panel on the Olympics, particularly boxing at the Olympics coming this July to Tokyo. And what have you found out for us today? Well, Graham, as you know, I get up in the mornings and what I normally do is I get my coffee and I start uh, running through the day's headlines, trying to find us, uh, you know, newsworthy stories about amateur boxing and specifically Olympic boxing from around the world. I haven't done any of that this morning. Uh, I spent my whole morning watching boxing, because as you know, the European qualifiers have resumed for the Olympics as of this morning, and with that early or afternoon session in Paris for us starting about 8 a.m. this morning. So I have been glued to my TV set and I had my tablet next to me running, uh, running Ring B all morning. So. I've been watching boxing now. I've got a few notes on a few of the matches that have taken place, but it is, uh, you know, keep in mind that this is still early days for this tournament, so to speak. We're still in that round of 16 kind of uh, space here. And I'm only one man, so I can only. Cover one of these rings at a time. So we're just taking a look at a couple of the fights that have gone on so far for uh, that were happening in Ring A, uh, both in the afternoon session and the first part of the evening session, which is still currently going on. So we're gonna have a quick uh, little episode today because I want to get back to uh, watching what's going on the rest of this afternoon session for us here. But starting off, you're looking at the women's middleweights, uh, Carolyn. Uh, sorry, not yeah, sorry, price Price. Uh, we're back. There we go. Price out of Great Britain and uh, France's Michelle uh, started us off in the women's middleweight. Now, Price came out of the uh, gate a little uh, a little slow, possibly just trying to figure out her opponent. But we definitely started making up ground in the second uh Once we got to the second round, sending Michelle to the canvas at one point in time there. Uh, Once we made it into the third round, Price was clearly in control. And as we saw, Michelle start to run out of steam. Now, this wasn't the most exciting match that we've seen all day, but it was enough for Price to get the job done, winning this card on a unanimous decision. So she's going to be moving on to the next round. Also in the middleweight category, we saw Ukraine's Anastasia Chernikolenko uh, against Lithuania's Gabriel Stankute. Now, right out of the hop, three or four crisp right jabs from uh, from the Ukrainian to start this whole uh, match up and running. There was no real interest in leaving this one up to the judges. But I mean, that's ultimately where it did land uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Stankute was uh, working mostly on body shots here and hoping to really just tire her out. But uh, Chernolenko at the end of the day won this on a unanimous decision. Again, not the most exciting, not the most technical of fights, but it got the job done. And we're still early days on this one here. Same, uh, very similar kind of match that we saw from uh, Ifo O'Rourke out of Ireland beating uh, Victoria Kabekova Kebe- out of Belarus. on uh, Once again, on a uh, unanimous decision, we're looking at just points here. We saw a medium kind of paced bout with this one here with uh, the Irish woman uh, controlling the pace for at least two out of three of those rounds, but all three eventually being scored in her favor. Moving over to the men's welterweights, though, this is where we start things start to get a bit interesting here. So we saw Pat McCormick out of Great Britain against uh, Monaco's McAuliffe. So this was a difficult situation for McAuliffe, having drawn McCormick, someone like McCormick this early in a uh, in a tournament because, you know, he is the top seed at this point in time. So. At the end of the day, McCormick, uh, he covered this for the first two rounds easily. And once we got into the third, we started to see McAuliffe starting to run out of steam and the end result in that he started turning his back. What did this turn into? This turned into not one, not two, but three standing eight counts for McAuliffe in the third round and yeah. with eventually the, uh, yeah, with eventually the ref just waving this one off after three standing eights in the third. So that sees McCormick, who again is the tournament number one seed, just kind of going through the gears on this contest. Uh, but, you know, he's obviously going to have some tougher, uh, some tougher opponents moving ahead on this one. So maybe it's decent that he was able to pace himself a bit for this one. Still sticking in the category here, uh, we saw Bosnia Herzegovina's Adam Fedohovic, uh lost to Georgia's Eskerkan Madiev. So this one, I mean, easily we scored uh, two rounds for. Uh, for the Georgian on this one with eventually a unanimous decision going for uh for Matyev out of Georgia, but at least two out of three rounds went to him here with Fedorovich really just running out of steam. Not only by the time we got down to the third round and that was evident. And when you saw him, he was just hanging on to these clinches. You saw him arms out. No, I'm not holding. Well, easily throwing all of his weight onto his opponent, hoping for just a moment's respite here. So, What really did the trick in this one, this was an early investment in body shots, was what uh, really turned the tide on this one. So right off the hop in the uh, early part of the first round here, uh, Matyev just really worked Fedorovich's body and it took its toll and you could see that, you could see the way Fedorovich was starting to slump once we got into that third round. And again, unanimous decision eventually going to the Georgian on that one. We saw Ireland's Aidan Walsh uh, winning in a split decision over France's Waheed Hombly. Uh Now, Walsh took this one on four to five of the cards. Uh, Walsh kept himself out of harm's way for the most part, with Hombley having a bit of trouble figuring out the Irishman for the, through the first two rounds. Uh, Walsh managed uh, to get that third and final round, you know, effectively keeping... Ombly um, at arm's reach for most of this one. And at no point in time did we really see Walsh in too, too much trouble. I mean, is not a bad fighter. He did land a few. He's, he's quick. But for the most part, you saw Walsh keep his guard fairly high and Ombly just had a really hard time kind of slipping through there. So it was, it was a technical fight, but I don't know if we really saw the best of what we could have seen out of either one of these boxers. But we're going to be seeing a little bit more of Aiden Walsh as he moves on in this category. In the uh, men's light heavyweight, uh, we saw Romania's Paul Andre Aradui against a friend of the show here, Great Britain's Ben Whitaker. Okay, so our boy Ben here did win this one on a split decision. So he came out with a steer. Whitaker came out with a series of stiff lefts uh, early on, and in the first round, actually managed to land uh, triple jabs seven uh, several times actually. So. Uh, the Romanian having a bit of a hard time keeping his guard up at the end of the day here. Early in the second round, uh, Whitaker did lose his mouthpiece. uh, So there was a a short stoppage there. Now, if you do that too many times or that happens a couple of times, you can lose points here from the refs as sometimes a desperate fighter will, you know, spit out his mouthpiece in an attempt to slow things down, to get that, uh, you know, the ref to stop the match, to get a bit of a breather or to get himself off the ropes. Now this obviously, now this didn't happen here as Whitaker was clearly on the offensive at this point in time and had the Romanian backed into the ropes when he did lose his mouthpiece. So no uh, no harm, no foul on that one. And just to uh, even things out, uh, Eridui lost his mouthpiece midway through the third just to, uh, you know, so he got his own little stoppage there. But uh, Ben Whitaker is through to the quarterfinal stage uh, for this particular uh, for this particular one, in what's a really a varied, uh, as far as style and uh, mm-hmm. ability, in my personal opinion goes, cate- weight category. And we'll talk about that in just a quick second here. Staying again in the same category, we saw Sweden's Leraden Nua uh, win in a unanimous decision over uh, Estonia's Steven Oz. Now, this fight is one of the ones that, uh, actually this one and the next one, both show kind of this vast difference uh, that we see. Now, these guys, we saw a lot of standing around, trading, head throughout this contest. It was a much slower and less technical bet um, with these fighters, you know, both willing to shrug off shots, you know, and making little effort to avoid being hit in order to land some of their own. So this is a little different than what we had seen in the, in the fight four in Whitaker's fight. Now we saw something very similar, uh, Ireland's Emmett Brennan, winning against Sweden's Yuka uh, Smajli in a unanimous decision. Brennan finds his range early on. Uh, neither one of them looking like they wanted to find, you know leave this in the hands of the judges. Uh, Brennan basically spent most of this match trying to close the gap in between the two of them with Smadli trying to do his best to keep uh, the Irishman at arm's length. So these were a completely different fighting style from what we're seeing from people like Ben Whitaker, who uh, who is the top seed in his category here for a reason, and so we see a lot more trading, a lot more uh, a lot more stationary fighting. Whereas you look at someone like Ben, and he's got a very slick defensive uh, defensive style that he plays with here, and you see a lot of you see a lot of very effective bobbing and weaving, like throughout the course of uh, the Whitaker fight. Pardon me, throughout the course of the Whitaker fight, Eredue just had a really hard time at landing anything. Because almost everything that he threw at Whitaker, he would duck, he would bob, he would weave. And so he was maybe landing one out of every three shots that he was throwing, as opposed to these later fights that were a lot more of a slug fest that we saw. So stylistically, that was that whole weight category is gonna be really interesting once we see uh, once we move a little farther into it and we start seeing this these uh differences in style being pitted against each other here so we'll be looking forward to that one there um, but like i said uh, this was a very good uh, we're still talking about emmett uh, brennan and uh, yuka smodgly so once they got into the second round it was a much more mobile uh fight at that point in time uh Smodule did it with a bit more moving around and just a lot more circling and making more use of the ring now smodgly had a last second burst of energy but that round still ended up being scored 10-9 in uh, favor of the irish fighter and once we got into the third round, Smogsley was still trying to put Brennan on the back foot, but having limited success. Uh, the Irishman in this one, he just, every time uh, Smogsley was able to get him out to arm's length, he basically would just put up his guard and then just start inching. Just start inching. Back in, closer and closer, until he found his uh, desired range, and then he would just unleash on him. So once again, unanimous decision going to the Irishman on that one here. We also saw Armenia's Gor Narasian uh, up against Luka Plantic of Croatia. Now, Gore came out swinging early uh, with this uh, in this fight, landing some really early jabs and looking like he was going to uh, be controlling the pace of this for maybe about the first five seconds of this uh, this bout. And that's when the Croat changed the course of this uh, this fight and looking for an early win. Plantic uh, was just giving Narasian. No no quarter whatsoever. As as one boxer would back backup, he wouldn't give him a breather, wouldn't give him an inch to move. And with the end result being a standing eight count halfway through the first round after the Armenian turned his back uh, twice to the Croat. And the ultimate uh, ending on this one being the ref calling this uh, in the first round, stoppage by referee. In the women's featherweights, uh, we had a chance to to see Russian's Ludmila Voronstova up against Irma Testa of Italy. Now, Testa took this one in a unanimous decision. Both of them were quick out of the gate and wasting no time trading punches. But Testa used her reach here to her advantage, landing jabs at a rate of about 3-1 to in the first round. Once we got into the second round, uh, uh, Voronstova came out again, looking to make up ground that she had lost during that first round focusing on body shots but with limited success here. So once we got into the third round, Voronstova was trying to push the Italian onto the ropes but paying a heavy price uh, whenever she would get in close. Uh, so within about 10 seconds to go, Vorenstova needed to have uh, her headgear readjusted. So that had put a stop to the fight and gave her a bit of a breather. But at the end of the day, it didn't really do her any good. Uh, so Vorenstova, who was the number one seed in this weight class, Lost this match, showing uh, once again that there are no guarantees in this in this sport, and that seating doesn't really do all that much for you at the end of the day. Sticking in the weight category, we saw Latvia's Amanda Milier, uh, yeah, Milier uh, against Croatia's Nikolina Katchic. Uh, now, Muller, this was a bit of a different one, because Muller was actually a former kickboxer, so you, you see that a bit in her footwork and in her style. Mm-hmm. And much of the much of the first round was spent, though, uh, in an attempt to kind of try to figure each other out, and both of them displaying a bit more footwork than uh, their ability to punch. Uh, catch it, she did take the first round on points, though. Now, Muller did lose a point in the second round for not keeping her head up as she was bobbing and weaving, and Muller uh, uh, But she did manage to take that second round, even despite it being docked that one point. With three points separating them, coming into the third, Malera was working to get inside uh, Kacic's personal space and actively frustrating her at that point in time with a good amount of success there. But ultimately, it just really wasn't enough to get past uh, the Croatian at that point in time, with Nikolina Kacic taking this one on unanimous decision. We also saw Azerbaijan's... uh, uh, Masadi Hamzaeva against uh, Guld, uh Guldagi. Sorry, Guldagi. There we go. So early trading and head headshots here between uh, the Turkish fighter and the Azerbaijani there with uh, Hamzaeva controlling the pace of the fight early on. But, you know, by the end of the round, uh, Guldagi was chasing uh, Hamzaeva from one corner of the ring to the other with the judges eventually scoring this one for Guldagi. Uh, both in the match and that particular round. Uh, Gildaghi did spend most of the second uh, round, though, in the center of the ring, while the Azerbaijani just spent most of it kind of circling around the outside here, and you basically saw, saw Gildaghi planted in the center, and then kind of saying, come on, bring it to me here, and just kind of circling in the center here. Uh, Hemzeo, unfortunately, was kind of trying to push or rely on counter punching here as we uh, throughout the course of this, and it didn't do her any favors, especially into the third, as uh, Gul'dagi just refused to be drawn in and refused to chase her around the ring. So not letting her make any mistake or refusing to take the time to make those mistakes really didn't leave a lot of room for the counterpuncher on this one, with ultimately, the, again, this one going to Gul'dagi of Turkey in unanimous decision. Uh, Germany's Ornella Gabrielle Warner lost to Romania's Maria Claudia Nicita. Early clinching and body shots to open up uh, round one of this particular uh, fight. Nicita scoring some early points, though. uh, Though she did slip, uh, tripped over her own feet and hit the canvas there right at the end of the round. Not that it really affected her at that point in time. Into the second round, Warner was aggressive early on, landing a big right hand at the beginning of the round. Uh, And kind of, she was relying on you know that classic peekaboo style throughout the course of this fight, and at least through the second, she was clearly frustrated and was landing some questionable shots, including some on the back of the head. But I mean, ultimately, her efforts were enough to uh, get her through the round. So into round three, Warner landed a couple of stiff jabs just as soon as just after the bell, but was clearly running out of steam and just couldn't summon the energy uh, in order to stay aggressive enough taker take, take Nuchita in the third round and ultimately losing this one. Uh, Nuchita beating the number four seed in this tournament, Warner. And the women's lightweights, this one here, this is, uh, this is the last one we're talking about today because this is where I ran out of time uh, on this particular card uh, before we had to come out here because, as I said, in the next room, I've still got this one playing. This, no matter between both these rings, my guess is this is going to be the fight of the day. And this was women's lightweight here, and it was uh, Great Britain's Carolyn Dubois against Finland's Mira Potkinen. So a couple of things to remember about this particular fight. Potkinen is a veteran of the sport. She was a medalist in uh, in 2016 at Rio, uh, which was actually uh, Finland's only medal at those uh, those particular games. And she is, like, again, a veteran of this sport. She's also 40 years old to Dubois, 20 years. So we've got a vast amount of experience difference here, not only an age gap. So Putkinin brought the fight to Dubois early. Effective, uh, you know, effective punch picking from Dubois in the first half of the round, though, uh, you know, helped her out in a very big way with one clinch sending Putkin into the canvas, a second clinch sending both uh, both of them to the canvas, and a third pinch, uh, clinch sending both of them to the canvas in this first round. So there's a lot, there's a lot of weird clinches going on now. This isn't, no, this isn't you know totally unheard of when you're pitting a orthodox fighter against a southpaw. They are going to come together a little bit differently, and that's how sometimes you can get your legs will get tripped up during these clinches because you both got the same foot forward, or same foot forward on the same side, I should say, and uh, that's what we saw here. And they spent a lot of time uh, getting up off the canvas uh, today. So round two, Potkin was looking up to make some ground that she had lost in that first round, and a second stoppage uh, was called in order to fix. Uh, Dubois' headgear. Uh, there had been a stoppage at the beginning of the first round, sorry, at the end of the first round as well, just before the battle to fix Dubois' headgear. Uh, now, Poggin was clearly throwing her weight around during this uh, as well, during this match. And, uh, at, you know, punching, you know, sending Dubois into the ropes whenever she could and definitely leaning on her when she was in the ropes. And what you saw here, uh, especially come round three, uh, Dubois ended up being docked a point for holding, uh, leaving only a point between them. Uh, then only to have Potkinen dock the point one moment later just for the same, uh, indiscretion, which really helped her out there. Because this one at the end of the day resembled more of a ballroom, uh, sorry, a, a barroom scrap than it actually did an Olympic fight. And you saw Potkinen kind of using every uh, everything she had in her veterans, uh, playbook here. So, you know, you know, holding with one arm while, while, uh, feeding sh- body shots with the right, using her weight, uh, in a clinch to try to push, uh, her opponent into the, uh, into the ropes or to buy herself more time. I wouldn't go so far as to say she was fighting dirty, but she was definitely employing some tactics that live right on the very edge of the rule book. But ultimately at the end of the day, it was not enough. And Carolyn Dubois took this one on a unanimous decision, which was a big upset here. As we expected, uh, Mira Potkinen to do really well in this tournament and to kind of cruise through. Well, look right up until she drew Dubois, we were thinking cruise through, but, uh, I wasn't sure which way this was going to go uh, walking into this when I thought DuBois was going to have a bit more of an uphill battle, but she really kind of weathered the storm really well. Cause again, it wasn't a dirty fight, so to speak, but it was this far from being a dirty fight. And anyone who hasn't had a chance to get it uh, to watch this one, definitely go take a, take a look and go back and watch this one on the replays. Now I see that uh, big T here has been watching a couple of the other matches there that were happening on, uh, I think on ring B, which we didn't get a chance to report on for this particular one because they are running on two separate streams, both these uh, both rings uh, simultaneously at the moment. I'm not sure why, as opposed to just having sessions all day long, why they're running two, con- two concurrent sessions in a morning session in an afternoon, but that's the way that they're running this particular one. So uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see a few more of these fights as we get closer to it and we get down to one ring, we'll be able to uh, bring you some closer, some more laser focused uh, recording here. But that's what I've had a chance to watch so far this morning. And uh, again, the big ones I'm looking forward to here, I'm looking forward to see what uh, our friends in Great Britain are doing here. Because again, Dubois put out a hell of a match and that was probably the fight of the day so far. And uh, with a close second being probably Ben Whitaker's. And go back and watch that one as well if you haven't had a chance. And watch the way that he moves in a defensive style. Watch the way he bobs and weaves. No, he did he was he was given one warning in his fight about keeping his head above the uh the belt line when he was bobbing and weaving. But at one point in time it almost looked like he was having fun with this guy with the Romanian there. And he was he had his back to the ropes and he's just he's just ducking and weaving and he's not even throwing shots at this point. He's just letting the uh Aradui uh, uh, throw shots and he's he's missing every one of them. You just couldn't figure it out. So once we get farther in and we're going to see these guys who just want to stay planted and just they're going to rely on uh, on their strength to try to just throw uh throw, you know, dump trucks all day against someone like Whitaker, who is hard to hit and, you know, also has, uh, you know, for his for the uh, his weight class also has a, a fair reach on him as well. So I'm looking forward to see how both of those uh, weight classes progress moving into this tournament. Wow, that was an awesome recap. On, it's on only this sport. much of it, though. It's only this much. Still, it's, 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 Ring A still going on. Ring B, I didn't even get a chance to touch on here. But yeah, there's lots of boxing happening, guys. That's awesome. Great. And and hopefully you've uh, captured some imaginations out there. They're going to tune in now to, what is it, IOC.com? Uh, no, no, it's uh, Olympics.com. Olympics.com. Olympics.com, and then you'll have uh, the option uh, for whichever ring you'd like to watch, Ring A or Ring B. So if you've got two monitors, you're set. I had uh, the big screen going, and I had my tablet going on the other one there. But we were only taking fight notes off Ring A this morning. I'm right on. Okay. Well, it's on oh, there 14-4. we go. Actually, I, I just one before we sign off here, I just noticed one of Big T's comments there regarding uh, Ben's uh, defensive style there, saying that uh, it's more of a Cuban style of fighting as opposed to that traditional European. So maybe that might be the uh, the bobbing and weaving we're talking about there. So that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, it's great that you point that out as well because I'm looking forward to as these matches elevate to uh, square up against each other, but uh, brilliant, brilliant result, yes. So anyway, so f- fantastic. So it's too bad uh, you won't be uh, online tomorrow Tomorrow being uh, the weekend for us, but the fights will go on. And I imagine they have a great recap for us on Monday. So until then, we'll see you tonight at uh, 7 for the panel. I'll be there. You might be able to bring us up to speed a little bit at that panel. (laughs) Oh, we'll see. We'll see what we can find in the next hour or so here. That's if if big Mikey will let you. All right. Fair enough. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. We'll see you tonight.